0: Hey everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show we talk about Gen Con and our experience with Gen Con as well as conflicting personality types at the table. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host Sir Lucian over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir.
1: Hello. I was so hoping you remembered the coffee cup.
0: Oh, I did, (laughs) but I did not. Uh, I did not. (laughs) That's okay. I was going to do it afterwards um, because I realized that my video, are you guys ready for this? So my video is uh, backwards, not on the Twitch stream, but on my video. So if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, so if I go to video settings and I disable, oh, I just flipped and then I hold up my awesome Saturday morning D and D show coffee mug. Yay. Um, that is going to be, uh, the coffee mug that I'm sipping through throughout the day. So if you want to get a Saturday morning D and D show, I know Agrippa the green got one. She's really excited about it. Uh, and I bought one so far. We, we've sold two. I'm not shilling it or anything, but it's a lot of fun. So <laughs> I'm going to flip back. There we go. It's
1: very D and D style because Greg Tito uh, opened his up today, and he's been doing it where he takes like this exaggerated long pause of yeah. drink. And the stream is starting. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. So, <laughs> uh,
0: yes, um, really fun. Love my coffee. Although I think he had water in his mug, and I definitely oh, wow. have coffee because. It is Saturday morning, and you have coffee on the Saturday morning D&D show. This is what we do, people. Um, thank you so much for coming out, and all of the people in chat. It's really awesome to see you here. Uh, yeah, uh, we just got back from Gen Con. Uh, really exciting stuff. So we missed last week. We didn't have a show last week, so that's kind of sad. But um,
1: We kind of tried, but... Yeah. Um... Schedules didn't work out quite right, and it was just a really weird. It was my fault mostly because my tight schedule of trying to run games for two different companies yeah. definitely put a lot of strain on everyone getting to where they need to go on time. So next year, for sure, yeah, we'll plan better. Starting planning now, we will do a show for sure.
0: And then we were thinking like we'll do it from our phones, and it'll just be kind of like us in a in a hotel with our phones or something. But even like the 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 hotel internet and the phone uh internet is not substantial enough for twitch um no. <laughs> so i don't know like we're, we're gonna have to play around and actually do some phone calls at hotels and be like how fast is your internet and could we stream <laughs> this it's only like 45 minutes maybe an hour um yeah. but yeah so but uh let's open some show notes and um oh where do we get yeah. the cup that's a good question um hang on
1: there will be a link in the description for sure and he probably will post it in chat in a moment but uh you will see it also in the video if you're watching this on youtube and you happen to miss the live show which i recommend i know it's a saturday morning and you got lots of stuff to do you people are all super busy but if you can make the live show it's always awesome
0: here we go so i made a teespring account um and so far I have a cup and a sticker, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you're interested more. in the cup soon more, I'm going to, I'm getting a t-shirt designed and yeah. I'm, and I just got the design for a second t-shirt. Um, so those will be up there at some point if you guys are interested in t-shirts, um, Super. not Saturday morning D and D show t-shirts, although we could make those if people are interested in them. I could put the logo on a t-shirt. Um, I know Lucian's probably interested in that. So he... I want to wear one <laughs> all the time. So <laughs> I'll, I'll look into that and I'll see what I can do. I love
1: that show. <laughs> that
0: sm D&D show it's so good yeah um so gen con so man what yeah. that was just i've my first gen con that i've ever been to um and i had a blast uh what what was your takeaway from gen con mr lucian what did you do what was exciting for you
1: yeah um again every year i say it so if you to talk to me so i've, I've gone three now um, so what is that? 2016, 2017, 2018. I was there during last year, which was the 50 year, which yeah, was, that was the big cool. one, right? But if you would talk to me just like this, we'd had a Saturday morning D and D show after each one of those, I would have said, I would have came back in 2016 said, this was the greatest experience I'd ever had. This is super cool. I've never done it before. And then the next year would have been, Oh, this was so good. Even better than last year. Even though last year was the first, it was the 50 year and it was awesome. And there was tons of people and it was great. And then you'd see now you're getting this show. And I'm like, it was even better than those two. It's been every time I go, it's gotten better and better. Every time I go, I get better at knowing what I want to do. Um, I always have regrets about what I missed and I couldn't do, but I, and I always meet more and more people each and every time. So it's like you're, you're meeting up and you're starting to get to know other people that you never would have known of. I ran into several of my players that played in games previously, and we got to talk with them. We saw people from the show. We saw people that were friends of ours. Um, so it was just like, it was this really cool thing of almost like meeting up with other people. And it's like growing this community of, it's a community of people that go to the same thing kind of thing. And now like, yeah. I feel like I'm in it and I'm ready to, for it to expand and I'm ready to be with, you know, hanging out with those people that have been there for five years and 10 years and 20 years. And, still <laughs> that and I realized a lot of people, um, lose that excitement but i'm still in that excitement phase and yeah. uh it was it's awesome so thanks for the host from indoor adventure and graybeard's tavern this morning thank you guys very much and i see a lot of our regulars out there in the uh in chat already so that's great keep it up guys but that's just it was it was awesome and there's so many stories you know where do you even start i mean me i just getting to pick jordan up after he's got his badge you know that's, yeah <laughs> that's super huge for us you know that was cool graybeard
0: was like you're a lot taller oh. than i thought you would be <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. i was like eh, tall guy
1: yeah it was cool and it was funny because i'll let you tell the story because you definitely went through trials and tribulations to get there so you oh, had yeah you had like sorrow and despair before but then you're finally there and you get excitement and and accomplishment and fun. And, and then it's like trial and despair going home. It was just, <laughs> this craziness. But that's your story. I'll let you tell it.
0: <laughs> well, no. Uh, so my my flight got delayed because of a, uh, I went to the airport at 4 in the morning. And then they were like, OK, your your flight is ready for 5.30 in the morning. And then it got pushed to 6 because of a mechanical error. And then it got pushed to 7. And then I, all of a sudden, it got pushed to 11 AM. And I'm just like, I need to get to Gen Con. Like, I've got tickets to go see stuff. Um, so they found me a new flight. But I ended up getting in. Instead of getting into Indianapolis at 11:30 a.m., I got in at 7. Oh, excuse me, 7 p.m., and that means that I missed uh, Adam Koble and Travis McElroy playing Dungeon World together, which I had a ticket for. So really of like the whole Gen Con experience, I had a great time. That's the one thing that I'm really sad about because I was super looking forward to that. And I was looking, I'm a big fan of the of the Mabim Bam and the McElroy brothers in general, Adventure Zone and stuff. So I was really excited to, to see Travis McElroy and that didn't happen. But say lovey, but mm-hmm. um, I went through the whole waiting in line experience kind of thing that was really fun. Like I got there and I got my badge and met up with you, and then we went back and just played some games at the hotel because I was kind of like, well, what's what's going on? And the and the one thing that I had to do on Thursday I couldn't do, so instead we decided to just head back to the hotel and play board games, which was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we had a game that could have went from eight to midnight, but I just thought after your terrible, terrible day. Of waiting around you, you know it was just you just needed to kind of hang out yeah. and not just be needed somewhere <laughs> you weren't familiar or yeah get a beer that kind of thing so we went to the restaurant we had some food and then we had a yeah we took a board game and we went and played in one of the rooms which was super fun and cyber wolf had showed up um the night before and hung out with us and then we had a friend of ours uh t who was a player in one of our campaigns had showed up he was from arizona and was there with his daughter and so we got to meet up with a lot of people, and I think I'm hoping to do more of that next year where we have yeah. people come over and hang out with us at the hotels and play games with us and stuff um, after you know we get a bunch of the stuff done during the days. So I think that'll be super cool. But it was it was filled with lots of stuff going on. Like so even from my point of view, I got there. I picked up Greybeard on Wednesday morning and we drove out nice and leisurely, drive down not too far. Um, Took our time, got to the hotel, and then I did the GM meetup for two different um, companies because I volunteered to run games for Monty Cook, and I also volunteered to run games for Magpie Gaming, which I love those people. I love all of them. Working with any of the two groups is super awesome. And to go pick up my badge, because I was running enough games, they paid for my GM badge, the four-day GM badge, they had the meetup. So I went and to the hotels and and met up with them. So that was kind of our Wednesday night hangout. Cyberwolf came over and hung out with us Wednesday night. Then Thursday happens and I'm we thought we were going to be picking up um Jordan at like noon. So I have yeah. this nice window of gap between I think my last thing was done at 11 and my next shift of what I need to do is at 2 and I'm like okay, this is going to be perfect. This is going to be a gap. And then you know, you get the dreaded text in the morning. Nope, it's the plane's late. Oh no, the plane's late. So we're just going through that whole thing. I had
0: never had that happen before. That was just like annoying. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, You
1: just want to be there and then just things just keep getting in the way. It's, it's crazy. I always hate it too on the way home because on the way there, you're figuring it's just cutting into a little bit of the time while I'm going to be there, but no big deal. Excitement's building, excitement's building, but it's on my way home when I'm tired and now I just want to be home And yet they say the plane can't do this or I can't, you know, that's when it
0: really gets to me, but
1: hopefully next year it all works out.
0: What was, what was kind of like, like you, you DM'd a bunch of games and you worked a booth and stuff. And I think we've talked about like, you ran into Matt Colville, which was really fun and he remembered you. So that was really fun. Um, But was there a particular highlight that really stands out?
1: I think the overall highlight, and it wasn't like it was a specific moment, like I think you're going to say, because I know, you, I think you have one in mind, but for me, it was me and you and Graybeard finally kind of meeting up yeah. and spending the weekend and doing the things we like to do. And then having those conversations, like we're friends in the same town, like we're just hanging out, everything's aligning. We're having lunches or dinners together. Um, we're we're hanging out in the hotel rooms. We're playing games together. We're talking about show stuff, but we're also talking about our lives and things. And mm-hmm. that for me was what made it great because since January, when we really kicked this thing off, um, I think it's been building. Yeah, you know, it's been a really good friendship that's building, and it's gotten yeah. really, really super strong. And I love it. And that was my highlight is saying, okay, Jordan was able to come down even after I never thought it was going to happen because you had just had your honeymoon. And I was thinking, oh, that, it's yeah. going to be tough to do two trips like this in a row. But your wife is obviously an angel to let you <laughs> have gone and, do this stuff and, and not give you too much trouble. Or maybe she did. Maybe she has a whole list of things you have to do when you got home. I don't know.
0: No, it was uh it it was just money. It just came down to money, but I made I made the numbers work cuz uh a little more expensive for me to fly out there than it is for you to drive down, you know. True. Um and <laughs> there's no direct flights, so that makes it even more expensive when you have to take two sometimes three planes to get over to Indianapolis cuz I live in Podunk, Idaho. So, you yeah. know. Um Yeah, I'm just kind of going over some notes that uh like Obviously meeting you was great. I'm going to sound like a a jerk now because it's just (laughs) like, well, you know, Lucian was great and stuff. But then I did all this other stuff. All this other Uh, cool stuff. Uh, no, like I, it was, it was really fun to network and meet with other people. Um, and if you watched my Gen Con video, that's kind of what I talked about. But the majority of that was, it was just really fun to meet fans of the show and, um, hand out pins to people. And also it was fun to meet other YouTubers and other streamers and just chat with them. Um, so that kind of was worth the price admission to me, even though that was just at a random pub downtown that we were all just hanging out at, um, Uh definitely had a lot of fun, Saturday, when I kind of learned that I could use these generic tickets to weasel my way into certain games. So I was able to play a kids on bikes game, which is a really exciting RPG that I have high hopes of creating some kind of a Halloween adventure. And I want to record it. And and I'll probably try to put it on the Saturday morning D&D show. But I want to write this, this kids on bikes adventure, and then record like, here's the, the, you know, Saturday morning D&D show Halloween special that we record, and then we're able to like throw it on so we'll see if that happens. Uh, no promises, I guess, but that's like my plan is to run a Kids on Bikes games. And then I had a really great time with the Numenera game. I was trying to get into Lucian's game that he was running, but his table was full. So they were like, well, hey, the rest of you guys can just make a new table over here and I'll run a game. And I had a lot of fun with uh, uh, James was the, the yeah, James Wall. games yeah. master. And he was really an awesome game master. We had some really good players, like some other players. One player had never played Numenera before, but like took to it like a fish to water and another Mm -hmm. one had played Numenera before and she was really excited and knew kind of how to play and how to like... Like, you, you compromise and bargain with the DM to lower your difficulty challenge as opposed to, well, I said it was 19, so the difficulty's 19. You're like, I guess I'll roll. Like, you can always yeah. kind of be like, well, what if I approach it from the east, you know? Or what if I mm-hmm. attack just its leg? And they're like, okay, that could lower it. That could do this. and uh, Which is kind of the fun of the Cypher system, I think, is this, yeah. like, compromise that you make. Um, But real quick, I guess, before we get into a bunch of other stuff, um, I wanted to talk about the Eberron panel I went to um, because Keith Baker had an Eberron panel and I went to that and he had some really interesting things that he said in that panel that I don't think have gotten, I've been reading a lot of blog posts and stuff, but I don't think a lot of people have been talking about exactly like uh, what he stated in that panel. And one thing Mm -hmm. is that the Wayfinder's guide to Eberron, that he wrote and, and helped create and things like that. Uh, it's not this like play test to eventually become a hardback book. Um, they said that this is, this is not really an experiment, but like this was intended to be a PDF only thing. And when the rules are defined, it will be a print on demand kind of book. But it's not like if he writes a hardcover, if they ever come out with a hardcover Eberron book for fifth edition, it's going to have different stuff in it. Um, which I kind of applaud Keith Baker because, you know, the information's out there. Like Eberron hasn't changed because it's always takes place after this war. It's two years after this great war ended, and that's where your adventure starts. It's not like the Living Campaign that the Forgotten Realms is in. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was saying it's it doesn't make any sense from him to uh, make to rehash all of this history and all of this information. When you can buy the fourth edition Eberron book as a PDF on DriveThruRPG, you can buy the 3.5 Eberron book. So I thought that was really cool that they're like, if we make something, it's going to be something new and something that adds on to the world of Eberron that fans of Eberron will be able to like grab onto and, and use. Uh, so that was really cool. And then another thing that I thought was interesting is when he was writing Eberron, he wanted Eberron to be in fifth edition for quite a while, but he was in conversations back and forth with wizards because wizards of the coast wants it to fit into their, their, uh, the planes of existence, the great wheel cosmology, like the, the, uh, even Spelljammer kind of a thing. Like this crystal sphere is holding Eberron and this crystal sphere is holding dark sun. And this one is holding the forgotten realms. They want all of their campaign settings to be somehow connected so that if you have characters in the forgotten realms and you find a portal that takes you to Eberron, you can then play your forgotten realms characters in Eberron. And Keith Baker doesn't really like that. He likes that Eberron is its own separate mythology, its own separate thing, and that there's no way for you to get from one to the other. So in order for Eberron to become 5th edition, they had to compromise. Him and Wizards had to compromise on both sides. And so the way he described it is that the Forgotten Realms is here. And the Great Wheel cosmology is around the Forgotten Realms and all of that stuff and the different planes of existence and the prime material plane and all of that jazz. And then there's a void of space, like a quadrillion million amount of miles that uh, is over here. And then over here is Eberron. So they're separated by nothing for a vast amount of nothing. And basically left it up to the players. If the players want there to be a magic portal that takes them there, or if they want to actually put them in a ship and traverse the great amount of nothing to get over to Eberron, they could. But mm-hmm. Eberron has its own gods, its own world over here that's separate from the Forgotten Realms uh, be- because of this great void. Uh, and I, didn't, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. So I wanted yeah, not, to share that because not yeah. a lot of people are talking about it but he was very much yeah. like like no like we were in long, long talks about try how to how to get the mythology to compromise to to synergize you know
1: Yeah and and really all of it no matter what Wizards of the Coast wants or even Keith himself mm-hmm. wants it's the GMs who run the games yep. decide how or what's in between these worlds and if they bring them into their campaigns or not right because yeah. You can, all the books are about suggestions. All the books are about ideas that you can use and all the books are meant for you to steal things from whether whole cloth or just pieces and parts. And I think it does feel evident that Keith kind of wants it one way and wizards of the coast wants it one way, Yeah. but it does sound like they've, they've come together and say, okay, obviously each way we both want isn't exactly the same, but let's, let's find a way that works for both enough and keep moving because really it's amazing kind of success story to think about that was a contest at, you know, at one point to build a new world for the Dungeons and Dragons franchise. Mm -hmm. And it went from that, you know, it came from somebody on the outside building a cool world, winning, you know, over getting voted over the other cool worlds that might've been built and it's in there it's part yeah. of the canon as far as if you want to follow your Canon but I'm always leery about Canon anyways with role-play games because so many of us use homebrew or so many of us yeah. use you know you're forgotten we've talked about this in many shows your forgotten realms is different from my forgotten realms even though we both have a red larch or we both have a a water deep or we both have whatever right. so it's you got to be careful I always caution people to before getting upset like even in chat was talking about you know a little bit of the you know oh Eberron is better than this or <laughs> oh, I wish this this campaign like Ravnica I feel like is getting some heat from a certain core group of the Dungeons and Dragons community because it's not part of what they consider their canon or yeah. you know that kind it's of not thing. part of like
0: the prime material yeah. playing Forgotten Realms yeah yeah it's and not it Ravenloft like it's not these, bringing in the yeah.
1: card stuff but that's okay I mean it's all about ideas and you don't have to like all of the ideas it's just having a big option Sitting there before you to say, "Hey, if you like this thing, put it in your game. And if you like this thing, put it in your game." Like you love, um, like the Ravenloft stuff, and I'm not really big on it, so you probably won't see it a lot in my game. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go onto the forums or whatever and say there shouldn't be a Ravenloft. This isn't D This is that's, <laughs> that's Vampire the Masquerade, or you know, I'm not going to try to down on somebody. Because they love that stuff and, and um, everybody has their own tastes and that's what's cool about it. You just get to pick, pick and choose. So I think Keith, it, Keith is one of those people that I think is a, a little bit of the, um, I don't want to say hero, but I admire because he was able to build something and get it into something he loved, right? Cuz he yeah. obviously wouldn't have put that much effort into a world for Dungeons and Dragons if he didn't love Dungeons and Dragons in general, right? Before yeah. it started, when it happened and even afterward, I'm sure his feelings of Dungeons and Dragons are pretty strong. And that's how I feel too. Like I I hope to someday have something like that too or I think we all do where we something we love we become a part of in some way in some lasting way so i think that's really cool that he's done that and it's he's you know doing the panels and i think one of the things that you did that was really good about pointing out is because i think a lot of people were reading into situations without really having information so they were trying to oh they're only putting eberron on the pdf and it's play test material only it's not a printed book so maybe that means uh, Wizards of the Coast really doesn't like Eberron, so they're doing all these things to to keep it down. But they're do they're going to do a book for Ravnica, so they obviously must like. You know, that's reading way too much into that kind of thing. I just think they're trying different avenues to get information out, and I think they're trying to remember they have a business based on printed books imagine that in the in in 2018 when we all have the kindles and we all have the online and we all want to play everything online they're still trying to run a print business for the most part yeah newspapers are almost gone at this point with they're just online presences at this moment magazines going you know back and forth it's just amazing to me so i think it's just an evolution of what they're trying to do is DM's guild going to be a good way for them to get products out is drive through RPG, the way to get some products out there or, and, and, you know, D and D beyond and the other stuff they want. Cause everybody wants to have their own website at this point, Um, virtual tabletops and that kind of thing. They're just getting that product out there. So I think it was really cool that, but it's cool. We have it right. Eberron's out there. No, I think it's it's really cool. Info on shard bringing it up to 5e so that you can play it um if you get the pdf right now even though it says play test if they update that pdf you still get the updated pdf you
0: can re-download it with the updates and stuff so that's
1: cool there's going to be artwork in it there's going to be good rules in it there's going to be good stuff that you can put in your campaign so it's win-win for us as players no matter what so that's the way we should look at it i think and that kind of leads into our, our news, even though it's like Gen Con tied into news because they were talking about some of that stuff. But that was something I I thought was interesting is the Wizards of the Coast presence at Gen Con is not huge.
0: No. Yeah. I was surprised about that. And actually, Greybeard was telling me that they used to have like a huge castle and it was this like like Wizards of the Coast was big and they had a whole section. But they I mean, nothing like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like if you're walking through that big hall and you're you're trying to find like a vendor that's trying to stand out that's got a big presence you're talking about like goodman games fantasy flight
0: piezo yeah
1: a pretty big thing they're they're pushing they had like two pathfinder whole sections one hall. for their
0: pathfinder playtest and one for their like books and stuff so
1: yeah so it was interesting to me that there wasn't a bigger and they have two big products they have D, which is on a resurgence But they also have Magic: The Gathering, which still Mm -hmm. hasn't gone. You know, is still super popular. I was just at the comic book store uh, on yesterday, and they were running tournaments, Magic: The Gathering tournaments. You know, there's so, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of people in there playing them. So it's still super popular. And they didn't. I didn't see a huge presence. There was people selling cards, but they were mostly secondhand vendors. It wasn't like Wizards of the Coast booth
0: yeah Um, In fact,
1: somebody asked me where they could buy a DD book and i had a hard time telling them where to go to buy one
0: i saw i saw a couple but i can't remember the name of the store that had them but yeah yeah
1: but so that's super cool i mean i i wish i could have got to go that was one of the yeah i mean you did a couple of panels Mm
0: -hmm. which were
1: were fun and and um the eberron
0: one pretty much took the cake though that was like the coolest panel because like keith was just so passionate about it and and it got me thinking about ravnica and how if they want Eberron to fit into their, like, weird, you know, cosmology of Forgotten Realms and Faerun and stuff, then they probably want Ravnica to fit into that as well. And so it's Mm going to be kind of interesting. And that's obviously an intellectual property that they own that they can, you know, not... I was going to say shove, but that's not the right word. But, like, meld it into Dungeons & Dragons and into this, like, cosmology that they have. Uh, This is an insight into the direction that wizards wants to take campaign settings that I thought was interesting, um, based on like just the conversations that Keith Baker was having with us where he's like, well, yeah, they, they want it to be like this. And so it's like, I I'm assuming every campaign setting that they come out with will want to fit into that somehow, you know? So. uh,
1: And everybody has their own taste and it's super okay for people to say, I don't like something. Nobody should feel like like we were saying earlier.
0: you're yeah. a dungeon master. You can do whatever you want with your game. Yeah. Uh, your homebrew game could be completely separate and not part of the Forgotten Realms. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. Yeah, it's okay so. if
1: you're not into that that um, cyberpunk style of game. You're into hard, gritty, sword and sorcery, low magic game, or you're into high magic game, or you're into... You love Spelljammer, you know, and, and everybody else you try to find doesn't like... It doesn't... It, you get to like what you like, Yeah. You know?
0: Personally, you know, I yeah. think it's really cool that they're trying to connect everything like because it's i don't know it goes back to like this default campaign setting video that i made a couple like a month ago or so and i just really like the idea that we have this shared experience of dungeons and dragons and if they're Mm -hmm. all connected in a way then that shared experience means a little bit more where it's like no my my character from dark sun could go over and visit you in eberron like i like that idea So, Mm -hmm. but that's just Jordan likes that idea. And so I would play a game that's like that. I like Spelljammer. I like the whole concept of like traversing worlds and things like that. So,
1: yeah. And and I've yeah, I've done the same thing. Like our Black Door campaign was one that I didn't stream, but we had a bunch of our players play in and it was a way for me to send D&D characters into the Warhammer fantasy world, Mm -hmm. which... that's never going to happen. You know, wizards of the coast is never going to work with games workshop to do that. But guess what? I don't care. I'm the DM. I get, to. (laughs) I can put the portal that they they built the door, like almost matrix style had a hallway of doors and wherever the door, you never knew what door you were going through. And it led to different places. And because I want to send them to different areas, that's what's going to happen. You know, that's, that's my game. And that's the beauty of the role play game is that you can do those those kinds of stories. I think it's cool. I think the panel I liked the the most, I went to the Adam Coble panel and he Mm -hmm. talked a lot about publishers of games working with streamers. And I thought that was a really cool trying to get that communication in because there's one way for them To get their product out in front of people, but we also work as good play testers. We're good Mm. at building communities and just to try to build that and, and get away from how the old way things were done and just embrace that new technology to say, hey, let's get this stuff out in front of people and let's let them, you know, let the world see this stuff. And I thought that was, and just being able to talk to Adam, one of the smartest dudes I can think of, definitely one of the reasons I'm a GM is based off of him and doing. All the stuff we love to do—running games for people, running lots of different systems for people, not just tied to Dungeons and Dragons. Though we love Dungeons and Dragons, but also willing, you know, to play the other games like your your new obsession with DCC. And yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> and I was just stuff. reading so it was this was morning. Uh, I, I want to run cool. DCC so bad. It's so exciting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was good. That was a good panel meeting. Matt Covell on the show floor. I was at the booth. I met Numenera booth. And I'm doing the predation demo and they got these cool tables set up and they've got a really cool way to introduce the game um, with nice cards and, and felt tip markers that, that dry erase off. And it was really well done. And Matt Colville and uh, Anna and Lars show up to the booth and they're just kind of hanging out and I'm just like I gotta stop my there was nobody at my demo table for the moment and I I hesitate and I'm like okay it's just gonna be a minute I'm just gonna run over and talk to him (laughs) and I I run over really quick and I'm like Matt you're here this is so cool and I and Lars and point out Anna's shopping and stuff and, and he was just like it's so exciting and I said hey we got to do after everything's done after the kickstarter's over and you get you get some breathing room We got to do another interview just to end cap the two interviews we did. He's like, Yeah, let's do that because it was really awesome and everybody loved it. And I thought, oh, this could be super cool. Um, we get to do that again. And it was fun to see, you know, somebody that you again you've talked to through maybe a, a camera, or maybe you've just watched their videos. So you feel like you kind of in some ways, when you watch somebody's videos week in, week out, you feel a connection that's there, even if there's not really one there yet. Yeah. But When, you know, when I went up and talked to him and shook his hand and we just talked about the show and talked about his Kickstarter and stuff again, and now it was in person, it just made that whole thing just kind of snap together. It was super cool to see, you know, another one. So I got to meet Adam. Those are the two that really got me into this whole thing. The whole reason I'm doing this show right now and I'm putting my games online and I contacted Jordan to do a show was because Adam and Matt Koval kind of encouraged inside of me, not me personally, but just everybody in general, but I took it to heart. say, Hey, do this thing and share it with people. And those cool to meet those at. So at Gen Con, I got to meet both of those people, which was good. Again, uh, I met Adam a couple years ago and had him uh, at his booth. So that's just, that's the cool thing of Gen Con. But if you can't do that one, you can do packs unplugged or you know, you can meet the, if you're a super fan of Penny Arcade, go to the PAXes, And if you're a super fan of these other things, I know Dragon Con and uh, Gamehole Con was another one I was hearing about and Gary Con. And
0: I know I've got things. con fever now. I want to go to all yeah. of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Jordan wanted to, uh, he saw the cosplay. That was my funniest line before we get there was the, the funniest thing. Uh, we Somehow it came up in our conversation where you said, uh, I said, yeah, you'll see plenty of cosplay. And you kind of looked like, wait, people are going to cosplay at Gen Con. And I'm like, Oh my God. Because it's not an
0: anime convention. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was really confused. I'm like, well, at anime conventions, there's like cosplay and things like that. But, and yeah. I just didn't think that. I'm like, what is somebody going to dress up like a meeple? Like, walking yeah. around. I mean, but they probably would. So, yeah. uh, but no, there was really cool costumes, some really cool uh, cosplay out there. So. Yeah. i'm always, I'm then, always amazed just, my wife and i like right. to cosplay it quite a bit and she sews and so we make a lot of costume i said should se- blah, blah, blah. i should say <laughs> she <laughs> makes a lot of costumes because i'm useless when it comes to that um i sewed a cape once but that was about it uh yeah. so it's just fun to dress up and so it was really fun to see a lot of the cool a lot of people dressed yeah. up in, in and, costumes. and back to
1: your new manera game with um at i live for crits which is james wall big guy big personality in, um, the Numenera community on the, mm. cause the Numenera community, w- right now is starting to move online. But if you were trying to find them a year ago or two years ago, it was a big G plus community. Yeah. Like lots of people talking with each other G plus getting together. He, and he and not, he that, not that
0: Numenera is OSR, but like it seems like the OSR and like obscure. And I say Numenera is obscure. It really isn't. But about the time obscure role-playing games, their communities are on Google plus. Like I just found a yeah. great DCC community on Google plus. Yeah, That's and like he's in that old, one too. Yeah,
1: yeah he's, he's big into that one. So it was cool. But he, this is what I also like. I wanted you in my game, which would have been fun. Graybeard was in my game. He got in and it would have been cool if you'd have been in my game, which would have been fun because we played games together. But here's what I liked even more about you being in the other game. We were running the same module and we mm-hmm. were able to talk about how it was different yeah, how the groups tackled things differently, how the story went in a different direction or in the same direction, how some things were used in one and some things weren't used in another, and and two GMs having their style, but also the players and the way their groups are, because you guys all had the same characters, which was interesting too, right? Because it's pre-gen at a when you go to do a Numenera demo, they pre-gen your characters out, so you just sit down and you yeah. just start playing. So it was really cool to kind of get this idea about well how did you guys do this and oh we didn't even see that but we did this and we're like oh okay we saw that but we went a different way to do that you know mm-hmm. it's just like and it was cool to hear about how you know you fixed the problem the the forgetting doomsday was the name of it I won't spoil it because one of the things I think I might want to do is run it for our friends here online and put it on the channel because I've always wanted to have a lot of these things are. are convention exclusive mm-hmm. adventures. And I think it'd be fun that after the fact, if we went back and we played them and put them online. So oh, people yeah. could say, okay, what does a, a convention a- adventure look like? A three to four hour type adventure. And I want to do that because I ran Dungeon World and I ran Numenera and I ran Predation and I, I loved all of it. And I think it'd be fun to get some of that out there. So, But it was cool to be able to have that interaction right after a game too. So that was fun. So even if you can't get in the game with your friends, Being able to compare how things happen is just as fun. Like Mm -hmm. hearing Jordan's story of how they fixed the problem and then me thinking about how my group fixed the problem was a fun experience, even though we didn't get to play together at that moment. So it was cool. Very cool. What about purchases? What kind of cool stuff did you pick up while you were there? Hang on. Hang on. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start telling you about my stuff. So I got a bunch of cool stuff for GMing. But um, I did pick up, and uh, I got an Overlight pin. He already knows about this. So I got the cool Overlight pin from Jordan, which was super cool. I didn't know we were going to do this. That's okay. And then uh, I'll let you jump in in a second. I also found on the last day we were doing some shopping. Check this out. I found some coins that are in the shape of the D20, just like the show logo. And these are going to be little things that I think I'm going to give away as prizes or when I meet fans in the real world or at conventions, we're going to give them these little cool uh, – I'm going to hand out little tokens. And it was really inspired by um, Jordan creating pins
0: that yeah. if you were at
1: – can't quite see because of my camera but it's there um i mean saturday cool morning
0: D show pins that uh yeah. if you met me at gen con i was handing them out and i made like i made way too many i made like <laughs> 70 and i think i handed out maybe like 15 or or, yeah. or about that but the people who got them were really excited about getting them so that was cool um i know like i i met Cyberwolf and then i forgot to give him a pin and then i had to like run into him again when he was in line to meet uh the um critical role crew. And then I gave Mm -hmm. him his pin and he was really excited. So that was fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was super fun. I saw another one, another cool company. something I wanted to do next year is they put their their calling card, like because of what a lot of people will do at the game conventions when they want to keep in touch with each other, they'd be like, hey, give me a card, which is a really good idea, especially if you're saying, hey, go to my Twitch channel and watch me play games. It's easy to hand them a card and they can find it and keep doing it. And I Mm should have done that this year and I didn't. But when I asked somebody about, hey, I would like to get some stuff from your store later on because you're sold out. They handed me a six-sided dice that is basically their card. And I thought, oh, that's such a cool that is idea really cool. to hand out a, a six-sider that you can use but also has like your website or maybe my Twitch site or my YouTube site or whatever it might be yeah. and hand those out to people, which would be super cool as I drop it on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's is- really awesome. Uh, I picked up a... Uh, I think it was Crystal Dice, I forget the name of it, but they had Gen Con Dice, a D6 that had Gen Con 2018 written on it. And I ended up picking up that because I'm like I, want, like, a memora- like, I want to remember Gen Con. So I picked that up, which was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so those yeah. are cool. I
1: got some new RPGs, I got um, a dice tower, which if you want to watch a video, uh, you can watch it. I've just put one up on Monday about building the dice tower. So now I have a dice tower to use when I sit at a table um several rpgs and i also got oh i got a dry erase board so if i run some games at the table that i can they they link together and then i can draw maps and stuff on them which is super cool Uh, and they're the reason i liked it is because they were a local kalamazoo um vendor they they're right here in town and i was like oh to see somebody you know from my hometown there to be able to buy something from them is really cool so uh, so I got that too. So that was kind of my purchases, had a bunch of stuff signed. Um, I got a really cool gods and goddesses, fifth edition supplement book that I'm going to put into my campaign, nice. which is really good. And I got to meet, uh, one of the, the designers of that. And the, and I'm going to get to do an interview with them. They're going to come on the show. Jetpack seven is going to bring a couple people and I'm gonna get to talk to them. Um, I don't know if it'll be on the Saturday morning D D show, but it might just be on the Sir Lucian channel where, you know, I just do a, 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 product interview because we're always careful about trying to throw too many like product stuff in front of you guys. We know you're here to hear about Dungeons and Dragons and RPG rules and the games we run and the games we play and the things that we do. So we try to keep the show definitely about that and not about, you know, hey, you guys should buy this or you guys should buy that. <laughs> um, I can't make promises, but we try to do that.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, and on that topic, like sponsorship for this show would be really cool to get a sponsor here and there, but um, we're definitely not. I don't think either of us want to just, like, shill out things, especially products we don't believe in. So yeah, keep that, that in mind, me. too. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And uh,
1: so, that I mean, Gen Con is, like, this huge wrap-up of stuff and experiences, and you can talk an entire show based on that for sure. Um, meeting people, going to games, hosting games, playing games, sitting down and playing demos, sitting down and playing um Things that are about to come out. You can get there. You were over at the Lucas Oil Stadium, and that's mm-hmm. where they were doing a lot of the people had like really rough playtest yeah, prototype games. Going games. On. And I played prototype
0: in one, stuff. and the guy yeah. was just like, "Well, this game typically lasts like four to five hours." And I was just like, "Uh, you know what? I'm really interested in your game, but I cannot commit four to five hours to a, a especially yeah, yeah. a game that I'm like I don't even know if I'm going to like this." So yeah. we ended up playing it for an hour, and then we had to bounce. But uh, interesting stuff. Like. Um, they it's it's a cool opportunity for people like that to be able to not only show off their game but uh get user feedback and i think the first thing i said was i was just like you need to cut this down to like 3 hours somehow like a yeah. 3 hour game is fine but like 4 to 5 hours is a lot of commitment so that's yeah, that's, that's like longer than some of my dnd games go <laughs>
1: yeah. you can get um art and literature were there and thanks agrippa yay
0: Ooh, uh we
1: get a few few bits in there um so it's it's really a place where you can come together and expand your gaming community and be around people that are all gamers they all love some type of game whether it's card games role play games board games live action games true dungeon games real games fake games you know video games whatever it is it's the whole gaming culture in one and you meet a bunch of people that have that share that passion with you, which is, is fun, but it's like bring good shoes and you're going to walk around a lot and it's gonna be hard to find a hotel and, tr- and parking can be crazy. You got to get, you got to push through that. Think of it. You're an adventurer, right? You're pushing through the, jungle, <laughs> you're pushing through the woods. You're trying to get to the dungeon. You're going to get there, you know, tackle it. Like it's a quest, tackle it like that. Uh, like you're gaining XP because you're, the reward is all the stories and all the experiences you get after the fact. And and if you can't go because you don't have the money, I get that, you know, live vicariously through all these people that are starting to live stream it, live vicariously through our stories and we'll take you along with us and and enjoy it, um, however you can enjoy it. Because I was just watching um, Hyper RPG who does a Twitch show. They did a four-day full-on streaming rig he wore the whole time everywhere he went.
0: Oh, at Gen Con? And
1: I was, yeah. Oh, so crazy. if you want to watch what, four days of gen con was you can jump over to hyper rpg and watch all of that and you can see it from their studio setup in the hotel room where they're running shows to going down to the show floor and walking around and talking to vendors and buying stuff and sitting in games and demoing and doing all that kind of stuff um you can you know twitch can can allow that to happen and maybe we're not going to be as big as what they did last year, but I think next year we're definitely going to have a better presence for you to keep up with what we're doing. And we're going to try to bring more of you along with us that can't make it. You know, in some way, somehow, that's my mission for next year. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. So oh, that keep, awesome. keep supporting us, keep supporting the show because we're going to bring you with us. It's going to be yeah. fun. But this is a Saturday morning DD show where we talk about the news in DD, right? Or in role playing games in general it's funny, we had four days of gaming, but I still had a ton of gaming this week even to talk about, let alone everything we did at Gen Con.
0: So what's going on this week, Lucian? Yeah, so <laughs> all all week, great segue, I love it.
1: Uh, all <laughs> week. So we got back.
0: We're terrible at segues, by like, the way. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm always just we're like, uh, let's just go to the next subject. But sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. In your outline, a, <laughs>
0: a period.
1: Let's let's go there now. <laughs> and uh, so I got back Monday, and instead of being like uh, like I thought, a lot of people were. Many got sick when they got back and, or many were tired, like the, you know, all their energy was gone, but I was super excited and upbeat even Monday. And so I put out a video, you can check it out on my YouTube channel, which is me building the tower, which I've already talked about to show you a little bit of that. I've been tweeting out random pictures of while I was there. And then Tuesday night, we had our regular game normally is our adventure league game, but because we were just getting back from Gen Con and our GM needed a break to bring another player in soon to the show, this adventure league tomb of annihilation show. We did a one shot of tales from the loop, very similar to kids on bikes um, and had a blast diving into my eighties childhood and running an adventure in 1986 and using every possible reference I could come up with from, theme songs to movies to books to adventures that were out and we played this really amazing really fun game with nomadic and anarsis and pb plays inside and i got to play the computer geek version of myself as a kid 13 years old and it was a blast playing a game that goes straight back to your personal history is crazy it's just super fun really good things nostalgic yeah we dressed up nice looked like the 80s and uh everybody had uh something on that was really fun and it was just a really good book if you don't have tales from the loop you can see it back behind me if i move my head there you go the blue one there we go this one right here um that is a fantastic book to pick up not only for the artwork but the actual fun playing the game it's a cool mechanic of gameplay. Um, it's rolling D-, D sixes, a pool, a six is a success. All you're trying to do is get a six and you get to do what you want. Um, some things are like, you get to roll three of them. Sometimes you get to roll seven of them. You know, there's a lot of fate point kind of things going on. You have skills and things you can do. And it's a game that I love that has that genre of teenagers in trouble, but finding a way to fix and help their town. In mm. some way, right, and that's what we did. Is uh some technology got loose and was wreaking havoc, and we, as the kids, uh, were able to solve the mystery of it and and get that under control and get it back to where it needed to be. And it was just a cool, fun, concise little adventure. And they, he, uh, our GM Nomadic put it in Michigan, which was another cool thing. He put it over on the east side of the state, but it. The, all of Michigan is pretty much the same when you here <laughs> it. it was cool to to just be in that whole thing and uh, i think the next one he wants to run he said he wanted to run it near chicago which i think would be pretty cool cuz he's from chicago and i think he would you know he has a lot of reference there so running games in in the real world can be super fun so we did that next week we should be back with adventure league and we have our new player coming in um and she's joining the cast so we're going to jump the cast up to four people which i think is going to be very cool We're on our way to really getting into the meat of Tomb of Annihilation. So if you're into what is Tomb of Annihilation all about and playing Adventure League rules and watching our fifth-level characters tackle that at this point and try to gain enough levels to, to do this whole thing, check us out on Tuesday nights. That was really good. Wednesday and Thursday, I decided to stream my prep for my big game that's coming up that's open to anybody that's a fan of the show, and friends and family, um, which is I want to launch on the week of August the twentieth is a West Marches D and fifth edition game that is loosely based in the Forgotten Realms, um, but I happen to be on the continent of uh, Revenar. And if anybody knows that, we'll we'll start checking out some people's uh, street cred here with Forgotten Realms. If you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Revenar where that's at in the map. And so I'm putting my campaign out there. It's a hex crawl. It's a West Marches style. It's a certain areas have modules connected to them. So if they go to that, it's going to kick off a module. Some of those aren't even D and D modules. Some of them are OSR style modules. Some of them are mega dungeons. Some of it is all kinds of stuff going on and it's going to be open to anybody that wants to play. as long as they follow the rules of creating their characters and and creating the the um, party and then scheduling me as the GM on certain times first come first serve you're gonna get to play in this campaign too and you're gonna get to be on uh, in, on the channel at that point. Which I how long I'm does really it fun.
0: take? How long did it take you to craft all of that and to link those adventures to certain areas and what? I'm
1: with... still in that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you want to see a little bit of it, you can go back and watch the VODs of my Thursday and Wednesday and Thursday night because I streamed getting the town ready, creating a map for the town, starting to fill the town out of the NPCs. Um, I also started hammering out some mechanics, some travel mechanics that I needed to figure out before this thing went live. I still got a bunch of stuff to do, and I'm going to stream all of it as much as I can. So like Twitch overlays and getting the the game set up on Roll20, getting all the Twitch pieces put together, getting all the documents for character creation, party creation, and scheduling of games and the rules of the games together. I mean, it's a big production. This is the biggest thing I've done. Not all games have to be this way. Many games can be, you get your friends together, you roll up some characters in that first hour, and you just play a really ad hoc, off the top of your head kind of game. And it can be super fun, super rewarding. This one's going that opposite direction. This one's going, I'm gonna make a show out of it. I, I want documentation for everything. It's going to be big and, and crazy. Um, I'm bringing in modules from all over the place. I've, so I've got a, all my show prep for that. My campaign prep, we talked about this in our, in our last show, <clears throat> where we talked about the three types of prep that we go through. So um, you have your campaign prep, your session prep, and your show prep, if you're going to put it out for people to see the three types of prep and I'm going full bore on all of them. So this is going to be like weeks of buildup to get this ready to go and off the ground. So, but I'm super excited. Um, I can't wait to have multiple groups running in the same world, running through the same hex crawl, running through some cool features, and it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really good. And then Friday night I did a stream with PB plays inside. We played some saints row four, which was really fun to just, set the RPG stuff aside for a day or a night and then say, let's play some computer game stuff. But tonight after I go through and uh, we get done with our show and we go on for the rest of the day tonight, I'm going to be test playing a RPG that's based on band battles. So the idea is that you're building this band and you're going to try to become famous as a music band a rock band or any type of music band really. And you're going to battle other bands. You're going to try to make it by going to these battle of the band kind of um, things so like I'm thinking of um, you know like Scott Pilgrim kind of style play here, and it just has me super excited. It's being made by PB Plays Inside, who's developing the RPG that's eventually going to get put out, hopefully. And we're going to talk about character creation tonight. We're going to talk about how the game mechanics work a little bit. Nice. And help her. So being in the in that design space is really exciting for me because this year, I've said it a few times, was about getting the shows off the ground, getting the channel up and out there, really connecting with the community. But next year, 2019, is when I tackle design for sure, because I want to put something up on Drive-Thru RPG. I want to get something up on DM's Guild. I want to get stuff up that people can go and, and, and really get into that design space mm-hmm. that I already know Jordan's already started to tackle because he's got his nearly finished. Um,
0: I just need to work and, on it. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I had think, an yeah. idea for a character class the other day that I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to make a character class now. So see, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, so Sunday is going to be my sit down at the table and roll. Um, it's a homebrew world, but it's D and D five E I get to push lead around. I get to roll physical dice. I get to play with LB Hackem up and her friends. And it's, a uh, several friends that are from a, a pretty famous game company, um, here in town. So that's super fun, and we've got a good storyline going. I think we just hit third level, so that's super fun, and I'll finally get to play the Arcane Archer that I built, which is a, a gnomish Arcane Archer that I've got a really cool backstory. Maybe I'll post that at some point so you guys can see it. Um, and so that's, that's that, and, you know, the whole next week is going to be filled with stuff too. So, I mean, it's like it was cool. Gen Con happened, and then I rolled right into all this great gaming still going on. What about you, Jordan? How did how did your gaming go the week you got back?
0: Um, well, uh, it didn't because I had like my Hot Springs Island. Well, I got home so late on Sunday. Usually, I play games on Sunday, but I got home so late because my plane was delayed again. So instead of getting home at noon and doing uh, having people over at like two or three and actually playing through my inverted pyramid game. Um, that did not happen. And then my Hot Springs Island game on Tuesday didn't happen because of a friend. It was his mother's birthday or something. And so I only have three players for that. And if one player is missing, I've never DM'd for two people. But we kind of all decided that a two-person game just wouldn't really work very well and kind of three's the minimum. So we decided to cancel that one. Um, but I did play Adventure League last night, or Thursday night. And uh, I couldn't get into my regular table to finish forges of fury which is really sad because i kind of wanted to see that play out to the end but uh so i was at another table and we just started and i wrote it down because i completely forgot what, what it was called um the hidden shrine of tomo Tom chan
1: oh that sounds familiar
0: yeah that's from tales of the uh yawning portal um it's yeah. an older one that they redid for fifth edition so we started that one and it was an interesting game because it's very puzzle based And I like puzzles. And so we got in there and we were rolling a lot of investigation checks and a lot of puzzles and trying to figure things out. And I was really proud of myself that in the first room that we were in, I figured out two of the like six puzzles, Uh, two of them I figured out by myself. And I was just like, oh, this is really great. But we had a player that did not like puzzles. And he he literally was ruin, ruining it for the rest of us. And uh, the this culminated in him turning to us and just being like, guys, this entire adventure is a waste of time. I don't even know why I'm here. And we kind of looked at him and I didn't say this, but I'm like, I don't know why you're here either, because you're kind of ruining this for the rest of us. Like, if, you, if you're if you not having fun, leave. Like, some of us like puzzles. And I did say that. I was just like, some of us like puzzles and we're having a good time. And he just kind of like grunted and like went off into his corner. And then the yeah. one time we went into an encounter, we talked our way out of it because we realized the guy was a little too, little more difficult than we had anticipated, and I didn't want to fight him, and the other three players didn't want to fight him. He was the only one that did, and he's like, guys, we're not going to get magic items if we don't fight him. We're not going to get experience points if we don't fight him. And we're like, so we don't get magic items, we don't get experience points. We live. How about that? Like, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. the the entire kicker of this is he was so adamant that we weren't going to get any experience points this entire campaign uh, or the entire session and then the kicker at the end was when the guy was like okay for solving the first room puzzle you guys get a thousand experience for solving the second room puzzle you get 1500 experience I think we walked away with 2700 plus experience at the end of the day uh, yeah. and I don't know it was, it was just an interesting uh, adventure league is always weird because you play with random people um, and it's definitely not like a bunch of people who are sitting at the table having the same play style as you. Uh, yeah. But this guy especially was not in a good mood. He This was not the adventure for him. And yeah. so well, I'll, and, I'm and curious that, that to see idea. him
1: that that idea that we have different styles. Yeah. And we have to remember that yes, we want to play in games that have a style that match ours, but we might get in a game that doesn't. But that doesn't make that person wrong necessarily that if they're going to spend 4 hours of their life that they yeah. want to play a game they like to play and maybe that's combat heavy for them or whatever, that's cool. You know, it's okay. Always try to handle the situation better. It sounds like he wasn't able to handle the situation as well, but you know, we're all going to fall into that because we're all going to get into a a space where we're like, ah, this kind of seems boring, guys. Can't we just move on? (laughs) It was like, yeah, I want to go do this or I want to go do that. And I was a little bit like that because in our Adventure League, we avoided two encounters the other night in our Adventure League Tomb of Annihilation because we're in the jungle and we're like, well, we'll just use the jungle to sneak away. And I wanted to be sure that I said to our GM, but we're going to get XP for that, right? Because if you tell me, you're not getting XP unless you fight. I'm turning right back around and I'm going to hit something. <laughs> and he was like, No, no, no. You get XP for encounters. I'm like, Cool. Let's go with the narrative. I'm having fun. But if you, the moment you say, No, you guys don't get any XP if you're not fighting, I'm throwing punches at something. You know. Yeah. And so I get the mentality too, but it's,
0: I, I wonder who, whose try- job is it at that point to fix that? I don't know I would say try something new though like that was where I was yeah. frustrated with this guy is like you've never well and maybe he has been in adventures like this but I'm like try something new like you're used to combat and I, the only reason I point this out is because I know that the two guys sitting to my right um, were very combat oriented D&D players because I played with them before at Adventure League and they very much are just like okay okay Uh, they've read the monster manual and they would be like, all right, this is a a demon of this type. So I know that he can't be put to sleep. So we need to do X, Y, like they're very almost metagamey fighters. And they had a blast trying to solve these puzzles because it was something new that they hadn't experienced before, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this other guy was just kind of like, just give it a shot. You might like it, but he was was not interested in giving it a shot. Um, But it'll be interesting. I think more play will... Because D&D is changing how you gain experience at Adventure League um, to be more of a, how far do you progress the story as opposed to how many monsters do you fight? And so right. I think Adventure League will change and the mentality will change. It's just going to take, you know, maybe four or five months. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that's what, you know, uh, MJS October and Quintus is talking a little bit about. And I think looking at that situation cuz th- another reason we do this show or th- the real reason we do this show is to try to give you guys advice for being a GM or a DM which is what we're doing and what we've learned from those kinds of games. To me, I like what Quintus says where I think the GM need to step in a little bit when he sees the friction happening. Yeah. Just try to smooth that over. But I also listened to Adam Colwell not too long ago talking about the GM's role where he said that's what everybody says it is, but it's you're you're the GM and you're there to run the game. You're not there to make sure everybody has fun. It's the group's responsibility to make sure everybody has fun. It's not up to you to try to play matchmaker between everybody that's having a problem as the jam. All that pressure shouldn't be on you, but that's how I always felt it was. I always felt, oh, I'm running the game. It must be up to me. I'll give you an example. Right now in my own group, and I don't know how many of them are are listening to this. A couple of them might be. There's a little (laughs) bit of friction about should a player stay or go in one of our games that I'm running and they came to me several times and said, Hey, are you going to get rid of this player? And I went right back to them. And I said, I'm not getting rid of anybody. If you guys don't want somebody in your group, you need to come together and you need to discuss it like adults and just say, Hey, maybe you're not having as much fun as you thought you were. It's okay. If you go, there's no hard feelings, you know, come at it from a, a direction of we all just talk it out and it's there, but it's not on me to decide one way or the other. If your party's, needs to change in mm. dimension. And so that's a really careful place to put yourself as a GM, but don't feel like it's your job. If they're not having fun, it's not just because of you, right? It's about all of us coming together and all of us giving our expectations and, and meeting those expectations that we set. To have a fun game and if we don't have the same styles if me if jordan loves puzzles and i hate puzzles it may mean we're not going to have much fun playing in those games together doesn't mean we can't be friends doesn't mean we can't do all the other stuff yeah but our styles of play are a little bit different so i need to find a group that has the style i like i need to find the gm that has the style i like it doesn't mean anybody's doing it wrong and i just hope that people can can do that. It feels to me like it's never one person's fault when you look at these kinds of things. I I feel like it's everybody's fault in a little bit of way, right? It's a little bit of a of, of the players not coming together and, and trying to maybe say, hey, you know, and maybe you guys did. I wasn't at the table. I'm not trying to throw mm-hmm. blame or anything like that. But it was like a little bit of as the players try to bring that person in when they see they're, they're being a little tacturing. That player doing what you said, be willing to experience something new. If he would have been willing or she would have been willing to to take that extra step that might have smoothed the whole other thing if the gm would have noticed that they were really antsy about not getting xp and encouraged them to say no no no, you're gonna get plenty of xp right play this thing out maybe that would have smoothed the whole session over right. three hours into it you know before and i got run. a
0: feeling that the gm and the player knew each other outside of the game and they were he was being adversarial to the gm and the gm was being adversarial back and i'm like i think yeah. they're like they're either acquaintances that don't really care for one another, or they're friendly enough that they're like, I'm going to kill you kind of a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was interesting, but yeah. but yeah.
1: And, and like you said, we're meeting people that we've never played with, we may never play with again if yeah. they're not there the next night. So that throws a whole new mechanic into it's not the same as putting your home group together and playing a game. It's a very yeah. different style. but. I always want to learn from a situation whether I'm in it or not. So when Jordan tells me something like that, that helps me think about the next time I'm in a situation because I had, I had weird experience. Well, not weird, but really crazy experience. I was running the dungeon world game at Gen Con. We'll bring it back around here for a second. And the group, we were playing a dark, um, or I, I set up a dark game of dungeon world where everybody was undead. The world around them is dying. And it's about the last, living spark and deciding, are you going to fight for this world or are you going to let it pass in the night type thing? <clears throat> and it was really atmospheric and I was setting that whole thing up and they turned it into the Monty Python comedy show. And I sat back as they're laughing and crying at the jokes they're making and thinking to, my sm- to myself with a smile, this isn't the game I would want to play. I would want to take the, the material a little more seriously. But I realized in that moment it was okay because they were all having fun and it's okay if it's not the style of game I want to mm-hmm. play. They are loving it. They were having this great story about how their the companion mule named um, Olaf and their wizard Kevin, who could only say the word Kevin to communicate. And I had a player at the table who when he created his character, his jaw was missing on the undead. So he said nothing the whole four hours of the game. All he did was make grunting noises because he was thinking that's how the undead would act. And normally we would all say that's huge red flags of don't do this at a table. Mm -hmm. Don't be the player who's not going to talk for four hours. Don't create the character that can't do that, but they made it work. They were having fun. And by the time they were crying, they were laughing so hard about this game. And I was just like, this is, this is crazy. This is not the group I normally would have done, but hey, they loved it and they walked away with a great experience. And that just tells me the same thing like what you're talking about is you've got to just be willing to sit there and see somebody else's style or play in somebody else's style and enjoy it for what it is, even if it's not what you normally would do. Yeah. Adventure League. And with all the season (laughs) 8 Adventure League changes coming...
0: It's going to be That's different. A lot. It's going to be a lot. They're actually going to have a big meeting about it with uh, my friendly, my local game store. They're going to be. They want to have a meeting so that we're all on the same page going forward because it's, yeah. it's just it's huge, dramatically different. But, and then mm-hmm. uh, I, I won't get into it. But uh, another thing I did is I played a DCC funnel game, and I love Dungeon Crawl Classics. I really want to talk about this more, so I will talk about it next week uh, because I think it warrants talking about, um, and I think DCC warrants talking about because it's. I don't want to say it's a little unknown game but like more people should know about it cuz it's a really really clever really awesome role playing game and the book is only like 40 bucks and it's everything it's a dungeon master's guide it's a monster manual and it's a player's guide so check it out and with that I think we will close out our Saturday morning D&D show I want to say thank you to all of the people that came and chatted with us today uh, live on Twitch if you're watching this or listening to this not live you can always catch us live uh, uh, Saturday mornings at 12 p.m. not pacific time eastern time 9 a.m. Pacific, um, on twitch.tv slash SirLucian. And with that, we will will take off, I guess. And we will see you next Saturday with another exciting episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show where I talk about Dungeon Crawl Classics, games that we're playing, and whatever else news is happening in the world of RPGs. So uh, with that, take care, everybody. We will see you next Saturday. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much for watching.